This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. Join us, two women, a mother and a daughter, who talk about everything. Hey everybody, this is Trish and Kate Unplugged, because today we're trying to record and not have to edit, so we can post this right before we go out of town to Disneyland. Unplugged, I like that. Yeah, (laughs) Galaxy's Edge. Yes, we're going for uh, the premiere of Star Wars Land, which is very exciting. So, yeah, big deal for us, big deal for me. We'll post some pictures, of course. A lot, probably. Social media. I do a lot of pictures. I'm in on our site, though, not... Yes, I know, but I'm, I'm going to be taking a lot for my own personal social media, so I'll probably be sharing a lot on the podcast okay. uh, page as well, because I'm very, very excited. Looking yeah. forward to this for a long she's, time. She's a bit extra right now. Right now, or like in general in my life, I feel like that's a pretty normal, pretty normal. Probably, probably. Hmm. Well, today uh, we were going to talk about what I was thinking about, the... Um, I almost started with the other topic we discussed. And I'm like, wait, no, that's not what we're talking about. We were going to talk about speaking up for ourselves. Like, we are both very outspoken women. We would say that we speak up for ourselves, right? Do you say I mean, I think that that's definitely a perception that I have about myself. Yeah. Yeah. But then I had the realization the other day that I... It depends on the situation and how I want people to... How I want to be perceived. Like, there are definitely times... When I don't speak up for myself. Yeah, I think that we should uh, maybe word it a little differently or like elaborate a little bit. Um, something that I I guess to me to make it a little bit more meta, a little bit more big picture, like okay. it's almost, I'm not going to say, uh, I don't want to say hypocrisy in myself, but it is like I talk this game, right, of like, Oh, don't stay silent. There's never an instance where it's a where like that makes sense. You know, if you have a feeling, if you have an opinion, that's something that you should be shared. And if you're surrounded by people who wouldn't accept that you have opinions, then those aren't people that maybe you should be spending time. Blah blah blah. You know, like these are things that I say, things I say to my friends, um, things that I believe. Um, but then I do, I see myself not always practicing that same thing, depending on the situation, for sure. Yeah, I'm not not no none of us are silent or quiet women but um or people but um yeah sometimes I don't practice what I preach for sure I mean, you kind of mentioned that you feel that same way yeah I mean I don't remember what prompted it but even just the other day like going to get my nails done I always feel like I'm just a girl sitting in front of a nail tech and I just want her to love me <laughs> <laughs> um because it's like, I don't know what to say to them. I, I, I don't want to complain because I'm thinking, well, if they're decent, like even if there's one thing I don't like, like if they're good at what they're doing, I'm probably going to come back and I want them to yeah. like, oh, and then I like worry about, did I tip them enough? Like, do I tip them more so that they like me more? Like, it's just, it, I don't know why I'm so tight at the nail place. I don't know. I feel the same way. I, um, for me, it's not the nail place. It's, uh, my esthetician, right? So I see her every month. Um, and it was really important to me that, that she liked me. I feel like there's two things at play here. One is like (laughs) situations and one is like an innate innate desire to be liked. And it kind of reminds me of the John Mulaney skit where he's talking about how his wife told him like, you know, he's walking up the street 
like he wants everyone to like him, all mm-hmm. the strangers. And she's walking down the street like she doesn't give an F about anybody around her. You know, and it's like, I'm totally one of those people that like, I want everyone to like me. <laughs> Until I maybe know things about themselves that I don't like. Like, if I know that someone's a trash human being, like, I don't care. But in that period of time when I don't know things about them, I want them to like me. And it's the same thing for people in customer service work, um, which I think also has to do with the fact that I've worked customer service roles. So I want them to know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm different. I'm not going to, I'm not going to break your heart. Like so many customers might, <laughs> like I'm here to make sure you feel supported. Um, so there's like kind of those two things happening. And it means that like, I feel like literally employees could like spit in my face and I, they're like, I don't know if I'd say anything. Like I would just be like, I'm sorry that you are experiencing that today. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah, my institution, every time I go, I tip 25 or more percent every time. Like, and every time she asks me, like, after she does my brows, she gives me the mirror and she's like, like, how does it look? And I've never, not once said, could you get something else here? Every single time. It's, it looks great. It looks fantastic. I don't even really bother to look because I'm not going to tell her that it doesn't look good. That's just not going to happen. That's pretty funny. I mean, I know she's not as good an esthetician as I was, but no, I'm kidding. She's probably a great waxer. She's really fantastic. Actually, we're, see, after going to her for several years, we're friends. She comes to my house parties. We hang out. So oh, really? it works. Good. Yeah, yeah. See, it works sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, and there are just certain situations where I'm definitely, aside from the nail thing, though, that's just kind of a funny thing that, a a funny problem that I have of trying to walk this line of, like, do, am I chatty? Am I too chatty? Like, Mm -hmm. um, do I ask about their kids? Or is that, like, overstepping a personal bound on a first visit? Like, anyways, but. Yeah. But there are definitely different things where I guess I just feel like, one, I want to be perceived as someone who doesn't let that kind of thing bother me. I wish I could think of an exact example. Or two, like, it's just I don't have the energy for the the problems that it's going to bring if I voice my opinion. Mm. Definitely on some family stuff, I would say it's like that. Like, there's that weighing of, okay, is this worth, like, the discussion or do I just let it go? And it's like a cost-benefit analysis for your emotions, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. It's, it's, it is interesting. I think, oh no, it's we not interesting. We can't say that word. <laughs> I, um, but I guess more and more I'm realizing that I'm not as, I'm starting to see more and more the variance between how I perceive myself and how I really am. And see, I feel like that, that point right there to me really speaks volumes. Um, because I literally yesterday was talking with someone about how, uh, at least for, for me, I have gone through so much change and personal growth and development or whatever in the last two years. Like, I feel like I grew so much in a short amount of time that I'm still figuring out the ways that my perception of myself is not the reality of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because it happened so fast, I like got mental whiplash. And there's things that I think about myself that other people around me do not perceive to be true about me at all. Even my friends who know me well don't don't think or think that some parts of the way that I think about myself are not accurate um, just because I still have maybe a mindset of who I was two, three years ago. Hmm. Um, like what? Do you have any examples? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think a perfect example, the way this whole conversation came up actually is because I was telling my friend that I'm... Um, I consider myself to be a non-confrontational person. And um, he said that doesn't mesh for me at all. You know, you're, you're, you look forward to a debate. You 
you're so opinionated. You do speak out. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see you as being non-confrontational at all. I don't know what you mean by that. Like not, not that you are overly aggressive, but you don't sh- Okay. Maybe I am sometimes I'm adding words into his mouth to make my sound sound more appealing. <laughs> um, no, but he, 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 yeah, he was just like, I don't, he was making a joke out of it. He was like, you're telling me one plus one equals three. That doesn't make sense. Like, I don't think that that's true. So then I had to like stop and think about it. Like, I guess, I guess that's right. Like I, I, I don't back down from a fight. I'm not non-confrontational. I just choose to ignore certain situations sometimes. So, but see, I used to be very non-confrontational. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. Well, and I think that. it varies for you depending on the thing, because to for me, sure. when you're confrontational or uh, like a debate, it's more about social justice. For sure. Uh, Things that I'm passionate about. Like yeah, if somebody like said... If you wanted to, to have a discussion about Harry Potter, like you would definitely yeah, I was, grab that's, that I, by the I was definitely going to say like, every time somebody talks about the Harry Potter movies, I'm like, I put on my gloves. Like, let's let's go. I don't care how how well I know you or how how well I don't know you at all. Like, I'm I'm going to square up and we're going to talk about all the or ways Disneyland. that these movies are bad. Yeah, Disneyland. Um, I was going to say if somebody, if a stranger was like, well, Lion King is a terrible movie, like, I would absolutely be ready to throw down in that instance. So things that I'm passionate about, right? Like, I guess that's the key. I, I will not back down for things that I'm passionate about, which includes social justice all my crazy fandoms, like all my family, my friends, you know, like I'm, I'm passionate about those things. I'm not going to shy away from any sort of confrontation, any sort of argument when it comes to those things. Things that I'm on the fence about are things that just don't spark that same amount in me. Or things that are about your emotional state. Yeah. You definitely avoid those. I guess that's really what it comes down to, right? Like, um, I avoid conversations or something about like my emotions. I try and just like, I don't know. I, I rationalize it by telling myself I'm waiting until I have like my emotions entirely figured out before I try and have this conversation. And that's not realistic because sometimes the way you figure out how you feel about things is to talk them through yes. with the person you need to talk to. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's interesting how, uh, not interesting. I, I think that it's, it's very telling and you can kind of tell a lot about a person um, by how well their self-image matches up with the perception that other people around them have. Because perception is reality, right? I mean, the way that I perceive you, that's my reality of who you are. Yeah. Controlling, not nurturing. <laughs> Worst mother ever. <laughs> well, we wouldn't go that far. You said you don't think that. Yes, but you're a great mom. I'm a great mom, just controlling and opinionated. You are opinionated. I don't think that that, uh, I don't think any of us would say that that's not true, including I know, yourself. I know, I know, it's terrible. But I'm opinionated too. I don't think that that's terrible. I don't think that it's terrible I guess it's to not be terrible, but it's terrible to a daughter to have a mother that's opinionated. When I was a teenager, sure. Now that doesn't bother me. Oh. Well, and I feel like I've gotten better about telling you when I need you to just shut up and listen. Like, versus when Oh, yeah, I'm... everyone has. Don't worry. <laughs> it's necessary, though. But it's, it's always been a joke with us. Like, we've kind of all, you've always... That I've is always one conversation you haven't had a problem telling me is that I sometimes I just want to be able to talk to you like a friend. And I'm always like, I'm not your friend. I'm your mother. It's never going to happen. But you are my friend, though. I know. But, I mean, I can't <laughs> ever separate what you're telling me from how I feel as your mother. No. But you have gotten better about being able to put it on pause so I can at least finish a conversation. Yes. Get out everything that I want to say and then get to the point where I'm ready to hear what my mom has to say versus talking to my friend. Yeah. I mean, that is also a problem of telling your mom everything. So I really tell you everything. I know. It's too much. It's 
I really tell her everything. (laughs) Stuff that mom shouldn't know about. It's so true. I was trying to think the other day, too, about, like, the difference between, like, telling you everything versus how I don't tell dad everything. And it's because dad is my dad. You are my friend and my mom. Like, you really are my friend. Yeah. So. Well, dad has very strong opinions, and he he doesn't. He'll say something off the cuff that could be very hurtful. Yeah. And then he'll backtrack from it later when he realizes it was hurtful, but he's very, like, an emotional, like, he'll just splurt stuff out in the emotion of a moment or yeah. when he first hears something. That's a good way of putting it. Of course, that's our perception of him. I wonder how he perceives those situations. I don't know. Because perception. But, like, just for example, I show, I bought a dress the other day, and the first thing is, like, oh, yeah, it's real short. <laughs> like, just rolling my eyes at him. First of all, it wasn't that short. <laughs> second of all, like, even if it were, like, I'd probably, you know, you wear those shorts under it. Like, I try to explain to him, no one's going to see my vagina because I'm wearing a short dress. <laughs> he doesn't get how that works. He doesn't understand the <laughs> he physics never of will. it. <laughs> he never will. But, yeah, I mean, but then he, he realized when as soon as he said it, it's like, yeah, I know, you'll have those shorts on under it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Before I could start you screaming at him. <laughs> but Yeah, that's funny. But... <clears throat> There it is. Yeah, we'll have to ask him what, how he perceives himself. You know, his answer to this will be, I don't perceive myself. I don't, <laughs> I don't think about it I don't stop and think about it very much. I don't know. <laughs> and then as soon as we turn off the mic, well, you know. <laughs> I don't know, though. I feel like there are people that don't think about that. That don't think about themselves? That aren't, I mean, not in that way. But like, like how others perceive no, They're not self-reflective. Like, right. Yeah, that's weird to me. I mean, like, I know you're right, but... I don't know. I can't imagine it. I think we've kind of talked about that before. How we're a very um, introspective family, and yeah, you know, you know, that's some that's a skill that's really helped me as a manager too. I feel like, yeah, nobody has to tell me that I need time to reflect on how the day went or whatever. That's just I do that naturally right. already, and in fact, it bothers me when people tell me to because I'm like now I feel like you're beating me up. Like I've already been in my head all day, and now you're you know what I mean. They yes. don't realize that. But that's, like, how it starts to feel because we are so self-reflective. And, yeah, I guess that's true. A lot of people aren't like that. Yeah, and even just, like, I mean, it's, like, self-reflective overthinker and mm, um, overthinker. very, uh, uh, I had it before when you started talking and I let you finish and now it's gone. But Sorry. another thing. No, it's, it's fine. I, but it's, yeah, that's, that's a combination that we definitely share. Oh, I know what I was going to say is because you and I are this way more than... The other members of our family, I would say, not that they mm-hmm. aren't, but like empathetic. Like we can definitely put ourselves in another person's shoes oh, a little sure. more easier. A little more easier. That was a great grammar. But um, we knew what you meant. You know, it's funny that you say that too because I've been thinking about our last episode too about how middle children are uh, peacekeepers, which also develop empathy, which means they gravitate towards these roles. You mm-hmm. know, those things that the study was talking about. Um, and I totally whipped that out in conversation the other uh-huh. day, too. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've realized a little bit more that I kind of am, I, I do kind of take on a peacekeeping role in the family. And I never really, I didn't really realize it. In our family? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for the example of, do you think you do? Sometimes, yeah. I guess, I mean, like, who do you feel like you're mediating? You definitely try to mediate between me and dad sometimes. Who else? See, that's funny. That's not an example that I would have said. I don't I don't feel that that's true. I, I mean, it, it must be. Again, my perception of myself is not reality. <coughs> However, I that's not... Um, between... Siblings? Between siblings, for sure. Um, <coughs> I 
always try and make sure that communication between Peck and Danae comes through me first because they both communicate so differently and I know really well how they each communicate and I try yeah. and like make sure that their message is going to be appropriate and not come off the wrong way. Um, but I feel like I do the same thing with you and Danae too. Like try and mediate if I feel like there's going to be a conflict. If I feel like a conflict is coming, <clears throat> I'll try and head that off by like inserting myself in that situation even if I don't necessarily need to be there. Huh. It's funny that you guys get frustrated though when I do the same thing as the mom between the three of you. That's not your job, so stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Not really. <laughs> I feel like everybody gets frustrated when I do it too. But I don't know why it's that's uh, just part of, I mean, I don't know. That's what I do. Right. I mean, and that's the one thing uh, I recently did kind of realize that in me trying to mediate, sometimes I make things worse. Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes people just need to figure it out. And learn to communicate. Yeah, that's true. With one another. That's a really good point. I mean, how, I have no idea how the ways that I've tried to intermediate between Danae and Becca how maybe by at this age they could have been effect, communicating super effectively and I prevented that from happening by always putting myself in the middle it's possible yeah I'll never know lots to think about <laughs> but here we are this, here, this here we, we are. are yeah it... um, but I think it's hilarious that you laughed when I said that I uh, am a peacekeeper I mean I know that I'm also an aggravator but that's different I don't know the two aren't mutually exclusive right you laughed yeah, so probably. hard. I laughed because I feel like when it comes to certain scenarios, I think you just get frustrated and you're so it's just I I think because of our relationship, I hear more about your frustration than the mediation. Hmm. That's that's definitely true. I mean, I I come to you to vent a lot. Yeah. You come to me to vent too, but yeah. like I I know. And sometimes it's like like it, I feel bad, like, venting to you, say, I don't know, like, about dad or whatever. And then, like, it's just because I'm venting, but it's not, like, a whole big picture. I guess, I don't know if that's a great example. And then, like, you have a different perception of him or our No, I know what you mean. And I feel like what you've said to me, too, is you also don't want the things, some things that you might tell me or vent to me about or whatever. You don't want that to color my relationship with that person, too. You've said that to me for sure. You've said that to me for sure before. That's not correct. You said that to me before for sure. Whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Those words have been exchanged. It's just like those relationships. I get it. Like, people have those relationships where, like, when you're dating someone... And you, you have a friend, let's say, that you only complain to them about this person that you're dating. For whatever reason, your relationship with the person you're complaining to, that's just kind of the focus of it. But they don't ever hear the good stuff about the person you're dating. So then they don't like the person you're dating. And mm-hmm. then and then you're like in this conundrum of, oh, wait, maybe I should have told you so, not only complain. Because mm-hmm. the way your relationship is with the person you're talking to also affect how that goes. That's very true. Yeah. I feel like you see that a lot with. A significant others and best friends for sure. Yeah. I try and be very uh, aware of that when I'm in a relationship, which has not been for a while, so I don't know. I think but, the key uh, is to just not only complain because it's just, it changes your, it affects you. I mean, this is a whole nother topic, but for sure. When you, even if you just do it to that one person, like as you complain, you sort of are feeding off the negativity. So, like, you've got to be balanced. Like, it's You've true. got to be able to look and say, yes, you know, he did that thing that was really annoying, but he also did this other thing that I really love. And, yeah. yeah. Or and even like here was his mind or his heart was in this place. So right. Even though it was annoying and wasn't necessarily what I wanted, his heart was in a good place. I think about this expression a lot and there are all kinds of different forms of this expression, but um, 
this is from The Art of Racing in the Rain, which I believe we've talked about on here before. Maybe not. Yes. No, we talked about the Dogs of Babel. We talked about Art of Racing in the Rain a little bit, too, okay. which they're making a movie out of. Did you know that? I did not know that. I hope it's good. It looks good. Um, it better just not be a dog's purpose, but on steroids. No, we'll, really watch the, we'll watch the trailer tonight. Um, we'll link that up to the Facebook page, too. Sure. Um, write that down, because you're going to forget. I see you looking at your pen. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, that book is phenomenal. And the expression that really stuck with me from that book, which I think I read in high school, is um, your car goes where your eyes go. Yes. And like the, I mean, essentially, that's the things you focus on are what surround you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how For the direction you it, go. If yeah. you focus downward and negative, that's where you go. Totally. And so I think about that all the time. That expression's always been with me since then. Your car goes yeah. where your eyes go. If you want to be happy, you got to focus on the good. Exactly. If you want to be sad, focus on the negative. Exactly. I mean, and there are actual studies that uh, prove this to be true. So Yeah. Of course, I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying people who... Oh. I don't want to say, like, people who have depression, all you got to do is think your way out of it. Come on, guys. I'm not trying to say that. No, just that's trying a totally to say, different thing. Yeah, just trying to say that that's... A, that brings us back to the point of, uh, yeah, when you... When all you do is complain, especially when it comes to people, when all you do is complain about people, all you're going to see are the negatives. You've got to try and remember the positives, too. And I think that's where the empathy can really um, come into that, which is how we arrived at this whole place in the beginning anyways, yeah. is you said that you and I are very empathetic, which is definitely definitely true i consider that to be a strength uh but i know a lot of people would consider that to be a weakness unfortunately who jeff bezos i mean who's yeah. gonna consider that a weakness? for sure the top one percent would probably say that being empathetic is makes you weak every super villain that's ever existed would say that that makes you weak yeah um <laughs> thanos thanos for sure <laughs> you just gotta get over it man it's not genocide if it's across all groups, right? What does he say when he just like, you're talking about genocide, but equal, like, but across everybody. Yeah. 50% of everybody. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Thanks, Avengers, for fixing that for us. Appreciate it. Your sacrifices were duly much appreciated. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's kind of the same thing when we're you were talking about negative talk. Like, I, it reminds me, too, the idea of body image, like, and how you see yourself. Like, mm. if you only... If you have negative self-talk about yourself, True. like that also changes your perception. And True. and a lot of people are really good at having empathy for others, but not empathy for themselves, for the mistakes they've made and like the situations they were How in. do you feel like you do with that? Uh, As an empathetic person, do you feel like you have empathy and forgiveness for yourself? Um, I think I have a hard time in certain, of certain situations forgiving myself. And I definitely have a hard time... Uh, like, let's say I set a goal and I'm working on it and I'm not as far along as I want to be, like, not forgiving myself for that, like, being really hard on myself Mm. for that without realizing, but considering this, this, and this, like, this is how far you've come or, like, look at where you were a year ago. You know, like, Mm. there's always a way to really look at it and, and, and not take away from the drive. I think that's the problem. I think people think if they're forgiving of themselves and, uh, that they will lose their drive. Like they're making excuses for themselves, but there's a way to do it. Um, that doesn't do that. Hmm. So. Yeah, it's a really good point. I think that as you get more empathetic with others, that doesn't make it easier to be empathetic with yourself. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like just because you right. have that skill 
Um, and just because you've worked hard to develop it and grow it, and it's something you even consider to be a strength, right. uh, I don't think that. Yeah, I definitely think that it's it's still easy to struggle when it comes to yourself because it, at the end of the day, it comes back to how uh, develop how develop, well developed is your self confidence and things like that. And it's not just about the empathy. But it also, having empathy for yourself or forgiveness for yourself or whatever, it all comes back to the whole thing of how you perceive yourself. Like, I want to be perceived as a hardworking person who reaches their goals. So if you're not where you want to be with your goals, then you get super super Mm -hmm. hard on yourself and less forgiving. Like, so the whole way we perceive ourselves is uh, really important. Yeah, I think that it, it's it's good practice to stop and think about yourself in that way, uh, you know, relatively regularly. I don't know. Good practice yeah. for our listeners, perhaps. Stop yeah. and take a second and think about your perception of yourself and ask some people if that matches up. I don't know. I think I so. think that... Pretty, it, 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 it's interesting to think about. I don't... Or it's fascinating. I... You kind of, I, that's that our, our exercise that they have you do sometimes in school, like uh, like what yeah. your funeral would be, like like what. I've never done that school project. That seems so down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. I had that assignment in college. Like, Wow, they to, really didn't want you to think about living through a ripe old age, huh? They just wanted you but to it kind of, I mean, it was. <laughs> you do it already. Anyways, finals are around the corner. We know you hate your life. <laughs> no, the course was about like career development, like like goal set. It was something like that. It was like one of those 12 classes. So <laughs> it was kind of like the whole objective of how you wanted your eulogy to be or how you wanted your funerals mm-hmm. kind of get you thinking on what is important to you about what you'll want to accomplish in your life. Like there are so many other ways to ask that question, but I'm intrigued. So how do you imagine your funeral then, Mom? Like what, what tone do you want your funeral to have? I feel like we've got to answer that question, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the main thing I wanted, I think maybe it was more write your eulogy, by the way. Um, now that's that I'm still, backtracking. That's, that's somehow worse. But what people write are your accomplishments. Like, what you accomplished over your lifespan. And so, that's why it's important to think about where you want to be at the end. Okay, well then what, what, what do you want to have accomplished? What do you want to be remembered by, I guess? Let's not, I mean, let's not have you recite a whole eulogy here, but. <laughs> no, I, I could probably find it. I probably still have it. But the. Don't you keep everything. I get it from you. <laughs> no, I don't. I keep everything I write. Uh, oh. I have, I mean, it was all about parenting and being a good mom and raising independent, successful children. Oh. I mean, really, that's. Well, I feel like, like you've already it succeeded then. It wasn't really career-related as far as I can... Okay, well, what would you write now? I mean, you've already succeeded in that. That's already happened, so... I mean, I guess anything could, anything could change. Any one of us could go off the rails and no longer be successful <laughs> or independent or anything, but as of this moment in time, you've succeeded. So what else uh, would you want to I mean, consider? I gave it my best. I, I can wash my hands now of it all. You really can. I feel like you could have a while ago, but you stuck around. Good on you. Uh, what would it say next? Well, I mean, obviously a good wife. A good grandmother. A good dog mom. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't have to ask Max how he feels. Hmm. Yeah. What would you write? What do you? What would you at this point? Uh, I mean, I definitely would like to be a wife and mother. A, a good one. Not just not just one. Not <laughs> she, just one that she was a wife and mother. <laughs> she <laughs> she was. Um, <laughs> I guess you could call her that. No, I'd, I'd like to be a good wife, a good mom. Um, I... I'd like to be a good friend. Yeah. Like I would like, I mean, I'm fortunate that I have so many amazing people in my life and I'd like to think that a lot of them would still be there 
from years down the line, you know, maybe in a different, I'm mean, definitely in a different way. It would have to be a different way. We'd be different people, but, uh, you know, still friendly, friendly enough that they'd be sad. I don't know, I don't know how to say that, but I just mean, you know, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like for them to be able to say, you know, she was a good friend who was there for me when I needed her. That means a lot to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, if I'm being really like, like if I'm if I'm dreaming here, if I can like shoot for the stars, yeah, here, you know, like I, I want to. I mean, my big goal would be destroy the patriarchy, right? That'd be awesome. <laughs> Probably not capable for one person to do that in their lifetime. Uh, but that seems not unlikely. But I'd like to do something. You know, I'd, I'd like exactly. I'd like to leave some sort of mark. I'd like I'd like to do something that would make me worthy of a few lines in Wikipedia. Like you know, just. Yeah. Something. What? I don't know. I feel like there's so many problems that I'm overwhelmed with how I want to fix all of them. And I feel like at some point I just need to pick an effing cause and dedicate myself to it. But there's so many. Yeah. It's like, you know, I just, I've got this bucket full of things that I want to do and I'm hitting them all in little tiny ways, but I, I'm not doing anything with enough to accomplish that goal for myself. So I could die any day. I really need to get on that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because I know mine had, aside from family, I was just, as you were talking, I was thinking about it, like, I think not just good friend, but, like, like was happy and, like, mm, made that's, other that's people good. happy, like, things like that. Yeah, that's but a good But none one. of it, it was funny because I was doing that class, it was kind of a career-related class, and none of it was really career-related. Mm-hmm. It was all relationship-related. Yeah, you know, I think... Uh, I mean, I would be surprised if a lot of people had, were, you know, headlining with career stuff, just because I feel like when you're in that place, you know, isn't that what always, always what people say? Like, they don't regret, like, I wish I had spent more time at the office. Like they, you know, it's, it's all about their relationships and the love that they had for other people. That's what you remember. That's what you take with you. So I, I think if you're being really honest about a project like that, I think that's where you would start. And then anything else would just be kind of. A footnote, yeah. I mean, unless you're changing the world. I mean, that's, you know, that's maybe that's something you put first. She changed the world, and also she had some kids, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, you know, I really hate uh, how that happens with newspaper articles and stuff, when it's like famous women die or get sick or something happens, and it's like, mother of three who (laughs) cured cancer. Or, you know, mother of three passed away, and you're like, oh, yeah, and she cured cancer. Like, it's always, when it comes to women, they always lead with that, right? It's like, I get that you can't say her name. Like, nobody knows who Molly Genovia is. Like, you can't just throw the name in the headline and expect people to get it. But you don't have to lead with the fact that they're a mother or a wife. Um, Jenny Mullen, who um, is, she has, uh, like, she's an author. She is an actress. She also happens to be married to um, the guy from American Pie. I can't remember his name right now. But oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's her. Her joke is she collects all the times that a newspaper article refers to her as wife of. I'm really blanking on his name. I don't know why, but you know, wife of whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, American Pie actor. <laughs> yeah, wife of American Pie actor, and she. It's like she has a hashtag for it now because she just thinks it's hilarious. Like I am not a person. I am an arm attached to this man. Thank you for that reminder. Random newspaper. You know, it's kind of. Yeah. Funny, because she does have accomplishments. Uh, why are we always identified by our relationships to other people? Not even other people, but why are we always identified by our relationships to men? 
I was going to say, when you're saying we, you mean women as a whole. Yes. I think that's a topic for a whole other episode. It is. Because <laughs> that could go. It is, yes. Pretty deep. You're right. But All it's right. a good question. It's yeah. worth noting. It is. We will put it in the notes to discuss at a later date. Uh, but on this note, we're going to get ready to go to Disneyland, and we'll see you in another galaxy. A galaxy far, far away. Yeah. If you like Grown Up and Grounded, please leave us a review on whatever platform you're using. This will help other people find our podcast. As always, we want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper, who provides the music we use in our episodes. The song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com. Do you need help? Old lady, would you like me to help you cross the street and read these instructions to you? I would love it. Are you going to drink the milk at Disneyland? I'm, I'm going to have you guys make a boomerang of me doing it exactly the way that Luke Skywalker does it. <laughs> Do you think they're going to have an at animal for you to speak? I want there to be a teat. If there's not a teat, then they missed an opportunity for a great picture. That's all I'm saying.